Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is a global original podcast. I'm Al and that's JK and this is the Don't Tell Your Mum podcast. Oh yeah. Coming up. Sorry. <laughs> oh me. <laughs> Coming up, a confession from a dad in desperate need of forgiveness for taking his kids to a stranger's birthday party. Plus, we'll be speaking to children's author Mark Lemon about raising kids in a mixed-race relationship and the ultimate household cleaning system. All that and more coming up on the Don't Tell Your Mum podcast. Cut myself shaving a second ago. It's really annoying me. Did you have to put a little bit of um, tissue on it? Look. That's not a little bit. No, no, but it's but the thing is, I don't do that anymore because the amount of times I've gone into work, and remember, I work at, you know, I work for Heart, Heart Radio, and I can't, Heart, what did I just say, Heart Radio? I hate it when people say that. So I work for, you know, the radio station Heart, and I've gone in before, like we've had an interview with Justin Timberlake or something, and I've got a piece of tissue <laughs> on my top lift or on my chin or on my neck. So no, I don't do that anymore. I've, I've learned Classic. from all my mistakes. I've seen those um, those clips where they're just covered in those little bits of tissue. I've I've never really shaved. Yeah. Basically, when I could grow a beard, well, that's not straight true. I did for a bit. Anyway, I never really cut myself that much, and now I just can't be bothered. So I just. Oh, but I'm terrible. I, I can't be faffed going through the whole. Okay, I'm going to get the shaving foam out. I'm going to do all that with your horsehair brush and your bristles. I literally just. I sometimes just get the old razor out, and I'll just do it dry. And like, and I yeah. think, oh, and then do you do you go? I, I'll put my hand across and go, oh no, that's not. And you go up against the grain and go, oh no, that could be a bit. I could cut that a bit more. And then you start going upwards with the old razor, and then that's you know what's happening before you even do it. That's when you start going, yep, cut myself there, yep, cut myself there. But I'm still going. Like, why can I not stop myself? Yeah. Cut myself try there. Using, yeah. Try using some shaving foam, Jay. I, just just water. <laughs> Are these, um, yeah, anything, are these tips and tricks that you, you are looking forward to teaching Noah when he get, becomes nah. of age? Nah, screw him. He can do what I did. Learn, learn by yourself, mate. <laughs> yeah, I never, my dad never taught me. My dad was useless. He never taught me anything. Is this a myth? Is this like this, like a, like the, one of the biggest conspiracy theories surrounding fatherhood that dads teach their kids how to shave, but actually in reality, it never happens. This is, this is an episode. Let's leave this. This is an episode. <laughs> we are currently having a meeting live on, on this podcast. Leave that for an episode. Write, write it down. Someone write it down so we don't forget. 
what fatherhood myths there you go fatherhood myths coming up did they teach us anything did they shit (laughs) yeah who who taught you to ride a bike it wasn't my dad it was my mum exactly and my dad i'd say dad oh i can see because i don't know if you knew if you know but i grew up on a farm so i'd look at my dad and he'd be i don't know fixing a fence and i'd go oh dad i'll come and help you fix that fence he goes all right son absolutely off we go and i think this is brilliant i'll learn stuff i was just his skivvy I never, I never learned anything. I was like, Dad, hold could this. You, could you teach me how you do that? that? No, just, just keep it still. <laughs> ah, <laughs> it's literally like that. We've got to do an episode go. on this. We've got to. There you go. Fatherhood myths coming up at some point. But for now, let's move on quickly to the confession because we've got, we've got a packed show today. We've got Mark Lemon yeah. and his wife coming up later on, which is going to be really insightful. Um, and then, and then we've got some tech a little bit later on as well from you, Jay, about Shh. the ultimate household cleaning system. Shh, don't tell your mum. All right, uh, but I thought, but yeah, let's let's go to a confession. Let's do it. Welcome. You join us back into the confessional to hear the embarrassing, the shameful, and the unforgivable stories of parenting at its very worst. And today we've got a corker. Oh yeah. Have they named it's themselves? A- no, completely anonymous. Oh, they, not these are them. the best ones. <laughs> this one is just hilarious because I can completely relate to it, right? I'm looking forward to it because I've asked now not to look at the confessions. I don't look at them because I like you to surprise me. When I find out straight away that it's anonymous, I know this is going to be a corker. Yeah, it's good. Okay, here we go. Dear Al and JK, I work long hours during the week and so very rarely do I get to pick my son up from school. Consequently, I have no idea who his friends are and certainly not who his parents, and certainly not his friend's parents. I took my three, sorry, let me start again. I took my five-year-old to a birthday party at this giant soft play centre where about five parties were being held simultaneously. A friendly mum greeted us when we arrived and my son seemed to know her, so we gave her the gift we bought, took off our shoes and joined the group in taking turns on the apparatus. At the end of the party, after the cake and singing happy birthday, a mum from one of the other groups saw us putting on our shoes and said to my son, Tommy, we missed you at Sam's party. But why are you so... But but you are so popular, you must have been double booked. In the car, I asked my son whose party we had just gone to and he said, I don't know, (laughs) we were supposed to be at Sam's party. The whole thing. Did he give them a present? Yeah, he gave the present, ate the cake, sat at the table. Everyone must have been like, who the hell is this kid? Oh, I love it. 
classic. But oh. also, like, can't you completely relate to that? Like, oh. I, I'm, I'm, I'm actually collecting Ted from school quite a lot. So I actually know a lot of the mums and a lot, some of the other dads. And I know a lot of the kids as well. But not at the start. At the start, I, I went to a party once and I was like, who, who, who do I know here? And you're relying on your kid to say, yeah. oh, that's my mate. That's it. I mean, what didn't, didn't his son say? Well, who he cares? Like, he was in heaven. <laughs> he was in soft play heaven. I mean, he was yeah, literally, true. he was buzzing. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm in yeah. soft play. I don't give a crap whose who's party it is. You know, I just yeah. want to take my shoes off. And I want to go down that massive slide. That's all they want to yeah. do. And and isn't it true when you go into a soft play on a, on a Saturday afternoon, for example, there are like three, four, five parties going on, yeah. and in it, 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 sometimes it is like which one is ours. And also, when they do the announcement on the uh, on the tannoy system, you can't hear a bloody thing they're saying because everyone's in. So- I mean, soft plays. It's like going to a concert of Wailing Cats. You know, it's, it's like it's like going to in that. Well, I suppose in that case, you could say it's like going to an Atomic Kitten concert. <laughs> you know, it's like the, this high pitched noises, screeching. <laughs> you can make me hold, hold again. again. Ah! <laughs> Looking back on where we first met, I cannot escape it. There you go. I think that's a little bit harsh saying that soft play noise is a bit like an Atomic Kitten concert. I don't know. I've never been to one, so it might be true. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, whatever. You're a regular, mate. <laughs> Your guilty pleasure. Oh, Liz, we love you. Who's the other one? Who else is in Atomic Kitten? Kerry, Kerry Katona. Well, yeah. Well, she was only in it for a bit, wasn't she? Well, Who's the other one? count. Who's the other one? Was it Natasha someone? The, yeah, the, the ginger hair lady. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, um, absolutely 100% forgiven because, yeah. I mean, how many times, like you say, have we gone to a soft play, numerous parties going on, you haven't got a clue who's who, but the fact that he sat up and sat at a table and gave yeah. a present over to some yeah. random parent... <laughs> Can you imagine the conversation when he got home? Well, first of all, I bet he didn't tell his partner. I bet 100% <laughs> yeah. he did not even mention it. Just, yeah. yeah, it was a great party. <laughs> it was brilliant. Really enjoyed it. It was cake and but, um, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But then, um, but yeah, I do wonder like whether or, or whether he kind of went home and said, oh, the worst thing happened. We went to the wrong party. <laughs> What about if his partner said, well, what gave it away? Well, you know, he's supposed to be going to Dylan's party and an Elsa cake came out. <laughs> <laughs> I know Dylan might like Elsa cakes as well. Yeah, For those of you yeah. who are already literally getting your laptop out and, 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 and typing to complain. Yeah, I get it's that. Classic. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you are listening to this, whoever you are, can, do let us know what happened when oh. you got home. It'd be, I'd be good to know. Um, well, there you go. Well, no, whoever forgiven. he is, he's my favorite person at the moment. I mean, yeah, I want to go good, for a beer it? with that guy. Yeah, he is what brilliant. a story. What a story. Um, if you've got a secret, um, remember that a problem shared is a problem halved. You can send us your confessions on the Dadsnet. It's an online community for dads. Just go to dadsnet.com forward slash confessions or there's a little dad podcast tab. Hit that or look us up on social media at the Dadsnet. Legend. We'll be right back after this with author, kids author, Mark Lemon and his wife talking about raising kids in a mixed race relationship. It's the Don't Tell Your Mum podcast with JK and Al. Um, we received an email not so long ago, and um, we thought actually this email is perfect for an apps, you know, for um, an episode of the Don't Tell Your Mum podcast. And we're going to have some very special guests on in a minute, as you're about to hear. But let me just read this email. This is from Aaron, and uh, Aaron says. Uh, I'm a white male and my beautiful wife is a black female. We will have mixed race kids in brackets when we have them. 
What are the experiences, challenges and advice for mixed race parents? We plan to live in the UK, which has a unfavourable history of racial killings, attacks and suspicious police investigations. How do we protect our kids from this, ensure they are informed but not afraid of others? Um, would it be possible maybe for you to have a guest come on and talk about this? So that's from uh, Aaron. Which is exactly what we've done, because obviously myself and JK have minimal or no experience yeah. in this arena. Yeah. Um, so what we've done is we've reached out to um, children's author Mark Lemon from Lemon Drop Books. Um, check them out because they are brilliant. And actually, they do cover a lot of race issues as well. Um, so check those out. Um, but we've got Mark and his wife, Sim, and we're going to just ask them a few questions and try and unpack this issue for Aaron, but also for lots others, um, lots of you other listeners as well. But it's going to be really interesting. So we've got that coming up right now. Well, welcome back to the Don't Tell Your Mum podcast. Um, as promised, we are joined by children's author Mark Lemon and his wonderful wife Sim. Uh, we have shared a little bit of context. Um, to why we've invited you guys on. I'll just, I'll just read um, just a little bit of that email again, um, just so that if anyone's joining us um, right here, they can um, pick up. Basically, we were emailed um, by a guy called Aaron, who was just saying, I'm a white male and my beautiful wife is a black female and we will be having mixed race kids when we have them. What other experiences, challenges and advice for mixed race parents? That's the question. And so really, we wanted to unpack that. But obviously, we there's, there's no point in us un, unpacking that. So obviously, you guys are in a mixed race relationship. And so it'd be great just to kind of fire a few questions at you guys to hear your experience. Why don't you start off? Everyone's got a how we met story. So why don't you just um, give us the the top line? How, how did you meet? Where did you meet? Um, and uh, yeah. Do you want to go with this or shall I? Okay, um, summer of 2009. Summer, summer of 2009. Notting Hill Carnival. Notting Hill Carnival. We were with, so I had mutual friends and a friend of mine invited me down on the Sunday morning, I think it was. And all day we were sort of with them and then they were like, oh, we're supposed to be meeting up with Simone. And she, I was like, okay, what's she look like? You know, we're going to know through the sea of people. And they said, well, she's got bright Red hair at the time, was red, it? Red, yeah. Bright red hair, and she's black, and, you know, you probably won't miss her. And so, <laughs> so basically, it got to, like, 8 o'clock in the evening. We were in a pub lock-in, and, um, yeah, it, it came to, like, midnight, and then she eventually rocked up, and we got talking. All of us went back to a friend's house, and then it kind of, we just got chatting, and then she used to come down and see me, um, she was living in Bristol, I was living in London, and uh, you were in Hackney, weren't you? I was in Hackney, yeah. and um, yeah, and it kind of went from there, really. The rest was history, exactly. D dare, I, <laughs> dare I ask the question? I don't, no, I won't ask that question. No, no, no. <laughs> it, was a, it was a good night, though, yeah. <laughs> it was a good night. It was, do you know what? It was a very late night. I remember her and, and her friend dropped me off at home, and then at 10 o'clock, I went to 8 o'clock in the morning, whoa, stop there. Sim, did you just say that you got home at 8 o'clock in the morning? Yeah. What What were you doing for all that time? That was, yeah, it was a long night. It was a long night. 
Party. Park in a flat party at Bethnal Green Road <laughs> or somewhere like that. And then, <laughs> and then I went to work at like 10 a.m. And I remember I was at store manager in Covent Garden at the time. <laughs> and I remember just coming into work just like oh. completely on a different level. And uh, probably asleep. I was probably half asleep as well. And, but, I, yeah. and in love. And in love. Yeah, of course, Al. Yeah, I was already in love. So. <laughs> <laughs> Was that, yeah, but hang on, you, you, you need a couple of days after because it just might be the haziness of the, you're not even, you haven't even got a hangover at that point. You're still probably drunk. You're still, you know, you're still lost in love or is it lust? And then it takes a couple of days and you go, do you know what? I actually really miss her. I want to see her again. Yeah. Ha- over to you. Over to me? Well, yeah. Well, you got in contact with me, didn't you, via... You messaged me. Via Facebook, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was a few days later. It yeah. wasn't straight away. Yeah. So the day after I went back to the carnival, had a couple of hours sleep, quick freshen up, went back to the carnival, carried on partying, and then a few days after that, Mark messaged me and was just like, oh, it was really nice to meet you. Do you think we could uh, meet up for a drink? <laughs> and then the rest was history. Yeah, yeah there you go. Okay, so 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 how long were you guys seeing each other before you you got married? Gosh, so we had we had Otis before we were married. Um, Shankara. Yeah, dun dun dun. <laughs> Don't worry, Marco. I, I I had Noah before we were married as well. So uh. yeah, so um, but yeah, she used to come down and commute, and then eventually, well, Sim fell pregnant with Otis and was like, I'm not bringing a child up in Hackney, and um, <laughs> in the ends. <laughs> she was like, no way. So I moved to Bristol and uh, yeah, and then I think Otis was what, three when we got married? Two. Two? Two and a bit, yeah. So, um, so you came in 2011 and then we got married. So as you guys were getting more serious, when did you did you talk did you did you talk about race or discuss your experiences or anything like that? Or was it just kind of not even a thing? You spoke quite a lot about your time in Jamaica, so we have that in common. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's quite strange in a way, because my... So in the 50s, my mum and her family moved out to Jamaica, and my, my granddad was a parish priest of Montego Bay Church. And at the time, you know, yeah, it was sort of mid-50s, and they got the boat out there, and it took three weeks to get there and all that stuff. And so since then, me and my family have had a massive connection with Jamaica, and I'd already been out there... Um, probably three or four times yeah. before I'd met Simone. And so, and your goes out every year, so that's right? why when I first met her and I was giving her the spiel of, oh, yeah, I've been to Jamaica, you know, she was like... Oh, like oh. I roll. Yeah, really? <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, nice one. But um, so, so I've already had uh, like an affiliation with Jamaica. And, and so one of my early... It sounds really cheesy, but one of my early memories is being on a beach in Jamaica and playing with um, like the kids... And I was supposed to have been about three years old. So in a strange way, for me, race has never been, you know, I've never really, I've, I guess um, it's never altered my perception in terms of, you know, the whole race and, and that sort of thing. You it's know. always been part of your life. It's always been part of my life, yeah. So I guess, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a strange thing because it's always been a connection for me personally. Yeah. Yeah, which I which I can imagine is uh, probably goes a long way to um, 
you know, I, I get. I'm thinking about my parents, and I guess if I came home with a partner who was black, I reckon my dad would probably be a bit un- unexpecting, you know, in the first instance. And but I guess from your point of view, that wasn't really a thing with family members or anything. No, no. And for you, as I mean, your family, like Simone's sister, her boyfriend is white, and. Mm. Your older sister, her husband is is white also. Um, We're quite an accepting family, so I think my parents have always just said, if you love someone, then you love them. And that is who you're going to be in love with. And they've always been pretty accepting of that. So we're pretty lucky in that sense. Uh, Do you have um, any friends or family whose experience hasn't been quite so accepting? Vibes. Yeah, probably. I need to think about that one. Do you know what? I think, I mean, Bristol is such a multicultural city anyway, and it always has been. And I guess that's why me thinking about coming from Cambridge, where it's not so much, like in my school year, it was very, you know, that uh, black people, Asian people in the, in the minor, minority. And, and yeah, I think out of my friends, I am the only person who who is you know married or been with you know someone of color. Um, not to say that they wouldn't, but I'm just saying in terms of the city and how. Um, so do you think it's part of the upbringing then? So I've always lived in Bristol, and Bristol's quite different to Cambridge. It's yeah. a different place, isn't it? Yeah. So they're two completely different ends of the spectrum. Where I mean, I'm not to say that there isn't racism in Bristol. Obviously, there is because there's racism everywhere, but. Where I am, where we're from, everyone is just accepted as everyone is accepted. Not, it's not necessarily a bad thing to be with someone who's from a different race. It's more, it's more acceptable. It's more, it's not frowned upon. Whereas I think in different parts of the UK, it might not be seen as as acceptable. Do you, do you know what I think? Very, very similar to what you said, Mark. I I grew up in a very, very small town in Worcestershire. It's called Tenbury Wells. It's near Ludlow. I don't know if anyone's ever heard of it. And you know, um, I genuinely believe that that part of this problem it is down to who we're surrounded by. So my my parents didn't really go many places. You know, my dad got a nosebleed if he actually went outside Kidderminster which is all of like 30 miles away from from where I I actually lived. So therefore, my family didn't really socialise me with different races, you know, different communities. And, you know, I think about when I used to go to, I'd go to Wolverhampton because I used to go and buy records from a a record shop there. And and the guy behind the counter was um, this amazing guy, amazing DJ called Malcolm, and Malcolm was black. And and that was the first experience that I'd had of a black person. And that is only because I decided to get outside of my my hometown and go and experience what life has to offer. And actually I did, I worked in Bristol. I worked for a radio station there, Galaxy. It was, it was Galaxy. I think it was at St. Paul's. So again, when I actually experienced Bristol, this is like, wow, this is incredible. There is a whole new world outside of my little tiny island that is Tenbury Wells. And I genuinely, from my point of view, believe that it's, I think my parents should have educated me more on different races. And I think that's, that actually stunted me from life. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that is true. So my, so my parents are really strong believers in education, but I'm not talking about, you know, make sure you go to school. They were talking about education. So they would, we would talk about everywhere in the world, not just England. We talk about Africa. We talk about Jamaica. We talk about America. We'd have these at our dinner table. It was, 
dinner time was a big conversation time and we'd be talking about different topics and what was happening in the world, there'd be big debates. And we would we'd go to Jamaica, we'd go to Europe. My dad had travelled all over Europe and he'd tell us about these experiences and that's what, that is, as a parent, that's what you have to do. And that's what you have to expose your children to. So it's a bit like when Otis, when I made, what did I make him watch the other day? Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. <laughs> and he did that eye roll and said, oh, what's this, another programme with black people in it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> You just have to expose. You have to expose your children to as much as you can because that. And then sometimes we go to art galleries, and we're probably the only, the only mixed or dual heritage family in there. But I think you have to expose expose children to as much as you can. They're like sponges, and they absorb so much. And it is down to you as the adult in the situation because we are the adults, and we are the ones who are going to control what it is that's coming into their lives to a certain extent. But and, and also and also ki- kids are pure. There is no there is no hatred with kids. What you see is what you get. And I think this comes back to my point of this is why as parents we have to make sure that they are introduced to different communities. And I you know n- n- there is no issue with that where where I am now. I'm I'm based in you know in London. And my my child goes to a, a, you know a mixed. There's multi races and they, they, no one thinks anything of it because it's not a big deal. It's nothing. You know what I mean. And this is and I. I think that's why again coming back around to what i said i think as parents we have a responsibility mm. so thinking just to jump in so thinking about um obviously you were in bristol sim uh you were in hackney um mark but also um grew up in cambridge what was the thought process about going to bristol was that linked to the fact that bristol is more multicultural and perhaps is more accepting than cambridge or or was that not even a factor like you said you said you didn't want to raise a kid in hackney what's what was the reasoning behind ending up in bristol and did race and that being in a mixed race relationship have any impact on that i didn't i i love london and I've always loved London as somewhere to visit. I couldn't ever see myself having roots there, personally. That's just me. It's too busy. It's too much. And I think that I have to have the right balance of uh, culture, outside space, um, family and friends around me. I'm not going to bring a child up in a city that I haven't, I haven't had a part of my life there, if that makes sense. So that's really important to me that I have yeah. a really strong foundation when I am bringing children up to know that if something happens, I can just, I don't know, nip to the cafe and meet a friend and it will take me two minutes. Whereas in London, it might be a whole different story. If I'd have moved there with a young baby, would I have been able to get out as much? Would I have had that support network? And so I have quite a big family and friend network back here in Bristol. So that was one of the main decisions. And also I don't like the tube. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Well, fortunately I don't have to do the tube. I'm straight into Charing Cross on uh, the Southeastern line. No, I don't, I don't do tubes. I'm sorry. And no one should have to do tubes. I mean, come on. Whoa. So, okay. So talking about, you know, you, you have two wonderful children. You have Otis. How old is Otis? He's nine. Nine. And you have, is it Thea? And, and how old's, how old's Thea? She's five. Five. Oh, oh yes. Yeah. Describe them. Describe them in three words. So Otis in three words. So Otis is active, kind, active, I've kind, thoughtful, and thoughtful. Yeah, yeah. He's quite a. It's quite well. He's quite a placid sort of kid. Yeah. Sorry. Anyway. Um, yeah. Thea. Thea probably. Oh my god. Sparky, independent. The boss? <laughs> Just boss. Just boss. boss. Yeah. Do you do you feel that um 
do you feel that the kids are treated any differently in any way, shape or form where you are? See, I, I don't think they are. Um, but I think we're really lucky because we live in a city, Bristol, and the school that they're at is so, multi, so multicultural and so you don't really get to see that element of things, yeah. you know? So um, I'm, a, I'm a governor at the school that we're at. They were just, I just had a governor's meeting with them and they were just talking about what they're going to do in terms of the curriculum and in, in including more people of colour and um, black people in the curriculum, like black artists, and just having it interwoven into the curriculum rather than making it just, I don't know, Black History Month, just have everything about black history woven into the curriculum. So we had a, a discussion about that. And then also they were talking about recruiting more. So they've got quite a lot of black and Indian and also people of colour on the staff membership board, but they were just talking about actually getting people maybe in that senior leadership and teaching staff. So they were just, it's, it's, a, it's a forward thinking school. So it's not a school which is like, oh yeah, there's nothing wrong here. Everything's perfect. It's not going to be like that. It's always constantly evolving and constantly thinking, how can we make things better? Yeah. And so that's one of the main reasons why we chose that school. Yeah, but then also thinking, you know, how we're talking about different areas mm. in cities, big cities, it can change so rapidly. Like, yeah. so, which is why we're really fortunate that they go to this inner city school, that their classmates are all so multicultural and all of this stuff because when I go and visit schools and I do a you know an author visit and things like that you just you're amazed yeah. at the whole the lack of diversity and you you just realize that in a certain area of Bristol how it can change so massively and how it is predominantly yeah. white mm-hmm. um and and you know and th- there might be only a couple of black people a couple of Asian you know whatever it might be um in terms of the mix and so yeah it's we're that's why I say I don't think they get to see it as much, which is great at the moment. Yeah. It might be a different story when they get to secondary school and then their circle is a bit more extended. So then they'll probably be going off by themselves. Yeah, as as we change. know, that, you know, through the recent protests over the racist roots in Bristol and, and Colston being a subject that gets talked about quite a bit, has that been um, has that been discussed in schools or is that something that you discussed at home with, with Otis probably particularly? Well, funny enough, I actually went to Colston Girls School when I was younger. <laughs> so I can remember my mum having the conversation with me. She's like, you know, you're going to be going to this school, but what you do need to realise is that the money that the guy made to actually create the school that you're going to was by buying and selling slaves. And so you have to realise that. You have to realise that you probably wouldn't have approved of you going to that school. So you make sure you go there and you get a really good education. So we had a real big conversation about that. And we're always, and that's what I mean about my family, we'd always have conversations about things. And sometimes I'd be like, oh, I don't want to talk about this, I don't want to talk about this. But my mum would, we would have this conversation, whether it was right or wrong, or whether I felt awkward about it, we would be there talking about things like that. Yeah. So, so presumably you then have carried that into how you parent with Otis. That was a good thing that your parents did. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, and, and also I think that's quite an... I haven't heard that way of looking at it, almost going to that school is kind of sticking two fingers up at history that's bad rather than kind of ripping down the school and saying no one can ever do it. It's actually saying, no, no, let's take that negative and let's prove it wrong. I suppose a question for you, Mark, how do you feel as 
a white dad who hasn't had the experience of of being black in this country, you know, are you concerned that you don't know enough about it? Because obviously there is that slogan, isn't there, that I understand that I don't understand. I think that's a, a very powerful expression. How do, how do you feel? I completely get the fact that I um, that I don't understand, you know, and and I never will. Um, but, but you have to keep learning. But I have to keep learning and I have to keep evolving and teaching myself and, you know, learning from Simone and, and her mum and her dad and everyone around me. Mm. Um, and, and having conversations with people as well that may that may seem and feel a little bit difficult. You just have to yeah. keep... And just, I think, if there's one thing we can do is just be open and mm. understand that the, the, the conversation has to has to come from at home. You know, for instance, um, I don't know if you guys have seen it, but the Michael Holding uh, Sky Sports... <laughs> presenter the cricket um giving his um you know just just saying how his take on the whole um diversity and race element and his feelings and it's so powerful and so before we came up here today we actually played it to otis and you know and showed it to him and after i i said do you get what he was trying to say and he was like yeah i do you know so i think even if it's just little things like that you know for me as well you know just just getting that viewpoint and that understanding from from someone like that, um, and then teaching that to Otis or exposing him. I think that's the main thing. Just making sure that they're exposed to it, to to the conversation, because I think a lot of times at, uh, in homes, they might it might just be shut down and there's a wall and we're not talking about that to them. You know, we're not gonna we're, no, we're not gonna bring that up with our children and we're not gonna sort of educate them to, so they are aware of of. Um, of uh, the white privilege. And so, um, yeah, yeah, definitely. I, th- I know we're running out of time slightly here. So I'm going to, um, so I think based on the email that we've received and why we've got you both on, what advice would you give to parents and families of, of mixed race couples that are expecting babies? Because I think that was the, the initial email. So it'd probably be quite nice. Apart, we're going to talk about your books very quickly as well, Mark, because I want to talk about those, but what, you know, what would your advice be? That question again, you know, to, to give parents and families of mixed race couples expecting babies. You can go. You can talk about why you wrote the books. So you can go. Yeah, okay. So my, I guess, yeah, I guess that, you know, it, it wasn't until I started writing the books for the kids that I started going to the bookshelves bookshel- book and the mainstream and just seeing that there was this space, you know, there, there, there weren't any BAME or mixed race characters on the bookshelves. And so for me, as a dad, or a new dad of a mixed race, multicultural child, it stood out and it, it amazed me. I was just like, wow, okay. And then that sort of opens your eyes. And so, yeah, my, I would basically just say, make sure that you're, from, from the get-go, you're exposing your child to as much as you can in terms of race and, and education, in terms of, um, you know, where, where they're from, you know, in, in both elements mm-hmm. of parenting. And so... Um, they have to understand where they were from to understand where is that going to go, isn't it? So they need to understand yeah. their history mm. and why is it their skin is this colour and why is it... So we often talk about, so Fia always says, well, you're really dark brown, I'm light brown, and Daddy <laughs> is like... Uh, what does she say? What colour does she say you are? Probably says pale, I would imagine. <laughs> 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 Pasty. Despite, despite your best efforts at a lockdown tanning, right? Unless, unless he's on holiday <laughs> and he's a slight lobster red. <laughs> Yeah. Why are you always in the shade, Dad? <laughs> but, yeah, so we always have a conversation. It's a, and it's about talking about that. It's about talking. And don't shy away from a conversation, even if you find it awkward. 
as an adult because then the child will pick up on that feeling and think well they're feeling a little bit awkward about it so maybe that's how I have to feel about it so you have to be open and you have to be honest and so we talk about everything we'll talk about why what happens is that so we had we went out with some friends the other day and she's got a dual heritage child and she's white and Fia said well how can that happen how can a white woman give birth to a baby that's brown and so I said you know you have a little bit of mum and you have a little bit of dad and mix it together and then you come out with a beautiful brown baby. It's just about having these conversations and celebrating the greatness and the beauty of each and every one of us, but especially. Yeah. Well, you know what? There are lots of great colours in the world and let's embrace it. That's exactly what it should be. Um, can I just say, first of all, congratulations, Mark, on the, fa- the fact that you're self-published. I've been reading about you. I mean, that, that in itself must have been incredible. So, yeah, absolutely round of applause for that. And you've got your, your new book is your third book. And this is Otis Lemon and the Magic Scooter. So this is your third book. Well, so, yeah, I'm, I'm on. I've just released the number five was the mag- Magical Wood, which was to do with um, bereavement. Um, but yeah, it kind of happened quite quickly, basically. I just kind of, the, the good thing about independently publishing is that you can kind of run with it, you know, and you don't have to wait a year and a half for someone to go, yeah, let's put that out now, you know. So, um, and you can market it and get it out there as soon as, you, as soon as possible, which it's actually one of the other big things to do with diversity in literature is that the publishing houses take so long to get about doing it, you know. I sat on a, uh, a focal group for the Library Association, UK Library Association, to do with diversity. And that was like two years ago. And it was all around how can we make, um, you know, the publishing industry more diverse. And then we're not really any further along. And that is purely because things take so long to release. So, um, yeah, it just kind of, I just was able to just get them out there as quickly as I could. And, you know, which is actually through the whole Black Lives Matter and everything like that, I was able to um, to to distribute a lot of books because people were trying to diversify their bookshelves. And find some resources. I mean, I can also advocate on behalf of them because they've won some Dad's Net Awards over the last year or so as well. Um, so they're, they're, they're very hot amongst the dads. <laughs> Deservedly so. They are fantastic. They, they really, really are. And, and, and congratulations on that, guys, because that is is brilliant. And they are fantastic. Thanks and a lot. Just, just, just to finish with as well, you have a podcast, and obviously we're on a podcast, so there are people who are listening who are into podcasts. So do you want to just... 30 seconds, plug your podcast. So yeah, this time last year, I released Grief as My Superpower um, to open up the conversation around grief. Um, obviously, the magical was to do with children and helping them, but I wanted to expand it to adults and young people. So I travel, well, I used to travel around interviewing lots of different people from different walks of life, um, but mainly it's trying to figure out and tap into what inspired them to go and succeed and what was the driving force and so each conversation is around that um and we're now sort of 29 episodes in i've just interviewed stuart lawrence the right honorable stuart lawrence stephen lawrence's brother um to just find out his own story is incredible so yeah it just keeps growing um because there's a conversation that needs to be had Mm. you you like a hard conversation don't you mark I just get in there, Al. <laughs> we just piss about on this podcast. It's really easy. <laughs> well, actually, no. What I can say is, um, what I can say is, if you if you do see Mark in the street, ask him about the Mariah Carey story. There you go. That's that's quite a fun story. So if you see him, ask him about Mariah Carey. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. All right. I'll just leave it there. <laughs> 
Yeah, I'll do that a list. We we sadly have to leave it there. Um, but that's been, that's been really insightful. So thank you so much for your time, and um, yeah, we really do appreciate it. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us. Oh no, honestly, it's been absolutely fantastic. And uh, should we do it again soon? Yeah, oh, why not? Let's do it. Definitely. Let's do it. But the promise is that we we have to we'll, we'll do it. Maybe we'll do it live somewhere, not in London, like not Hackney anyway. We'll do it somewhere else. And um, and why don't we just why don't we go out after and then we won't get in till eight a.m. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks very much, guys. Take care. Bye. 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 So J.K., you mm. have some tech, right? Shh! Don't tell your mum. Honestly, how many times have I got to tell you? Um, <laughs> I have got some new tech. Now, I'm extremely excited by the tech today, okay? And the reason being, um, is it fair to say that we all like to do a bit of vacuum cleaning? I mean, I, I love I love vacuum cleaners. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. That just reminds me of that um, clip from Michael McIntyre when he says, "How do you vacuum? Do you stand in the middle of the room and hoover out, or do you, or do you follow the hoover round like, and walk? Is your do your feet anchor in the floor, or do you walk around? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's it's true. But I genuinely, I genuinely love a good vacuum cleaner because to me because they you know the, the, the more we go the more space age and even more even car like they start to look i am a sucker for headlights on a vacuum cleaner i mean i just love it you've, you've got, got you've got headlights on your vacuum cleaner haven't you no not on the vacuum but no. i do have one on my on my handheld drill and yeah, i do like yeah. i love a light <laughs> on an appliance i genuinely yeah. do okay sometimes if i if i can't find the torch i'll just get a drill and i'll just like like pull the trigger in just ever so slightly just to trigger the torch I'm like hey i got my torch and it amazes me as well how the because the, the lights at the bottom of the drill how the light perfectly aims into the hole because it's down the bottom there i, I love genius. that anyway so today we are talking about a complete cleaning system and once again i i like to try and review stuff that i have because i know it's good and on this occasion i do have it so it's the vax complete cleaning system so this isn't just one vacuum cleaner this is two vacuum cleaners two separate vacuum cleaners all right so i'm going to go for the price first because at the moment on the vax website they're doing a total deep cleaning solution for 37999 okay now i know what you're thinking eh, does that sound a bit expensive all right so what you get is you get the Vax One Power Blade 4 cordless. You get the Blade Toolkit, which is worth over 50 quid. You get the Vax One Power Glide Hard Floor Cleaner, which is phenomenal. And you get a one liter solution and brush roll, a brush roll worth over 30 pounds. So if these were sold separately, the um, the cleaner, the Glide, is 24999. The Blade 4 is 21999. So that would have been 46998. You are saving 89 pounds if you go for this complete system. And whilst we're on the subject of price, you know that um, you know that well-known vacuum cleaner. Uh, you know you know the the well well-known one, which I'm not a big fan of. Right? Can I can we not say it? No, I don't want to say it because I'm not a big fan of them. No, I'm not giving right. I'm not giving just, them it. Just just clarify, it's not G Tech, is it? No, it's not. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh right, that one, the other one. <laughs> so that that other one, right? So their their similar handheld starts at four hundred and ninety nine quid. 
£499. Yeah, there you go, mate. And if you buy right, if, if you if you buy this complete vac system, which is two cleaners, you save 119. Even if you just go for the one, you're saving 279 pounds. And trust me, the, the, for that other brand, it's not worth that money. For this 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 actual blade, the Blade Four, is incredible. The suction is amazing. Right, shall I, shall I go through it now? As you can tell, <laughs> yes, I'm passionate please. about this. You're passionate, right? <laughs> Blade 4. Okay, so we are all we all get excited about vacuuming. We genuinely do. All right, here are the specs. It comes with a brilliant new battery, gives you up to 45 minutes of runtime. Plenty of time, okay, without recharging. Weight is about 3.1 kilograms. Perfectly balanced as well. You can, to hold, it's great. Easy to use for cleaning. It's got, you ready? The dust tracker LEDs. You can see everything that you need to clean. It's like a disco. It it's really like a is. Disco. If you if you vacuum quick enough, honestly, you can have like a strobe effect. <laughs> There's um. This is good. They've got a three stage filtration. So basically, this ensures that everything is captured in the dirt bin. So it captures ready up to ninety nine point eight percent of particles down to 0.3 microns in size. I don't know what that means, but it sounds incredible. It does sound incredible. I mean, who knew that just whacking a few lights on the front of a vacuum would make it so appealing <laughs> to us dads? Oh. Well, I the, mean, these companies have been missing a trick for years. The, the previous um, vacuum that I had was the Vax Cordless Duo. Did you have that one? Is that with the yeah, two batteries? We, uh, we did have that, but we got it we, we broke, and then we've actually got a handheld thing now. So you got the handheld. And the one before yeah. that I had was a Vax Pet one, and that was actually a, that was a, that was a corded one. They've they're yeah. always they've always been brilliant, right? So for this Blade Four standard mode, really good. Okay, that's obviously how you get the most runtime as well. The boost is really powerful. It's going to eat into the battery, but I only turn that on for like quick sort of dirty areas and also our rug because our rug's quite thick. And when when I use that on boost, actually to be honest, with you, it picks the rug up. It's that powerful. It's really it's 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 nice. spot on. Uh, what else we got? Best best mode that I reckon, you know, for me is the standard mode. Use the brushless motor. You know, the thing that spins around. That yeah. deals with pet hair, those tricky bits of dirt. I only usually use Boost for that rug. So that's the Blade 4, which is phenomenal. Now, we've... Oh, go on. No, no, go no, on, go, go on, on. You go again, because I need a breath. Just, I was just going to say, we've got this rug, and it's a Gen it. It's a really nice rug. It's, it's like a soft pink, but it's very, it's, it feels a bit like fleece. It's very, really nice to touch. So much so that actually I came down one day, and Jen and Ted, oh, I won't say that actually. I came down one day, and Ted was completely naked, rolling on the rug because he liked the feel of it. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, right. <laughs> when you're when you're hoovering it, you and you, it leaves like a line. Like when you're mowing the grass. Oh yeah, know, yeah. Like football yeah. So now when I'm hoovering it, I leave lines in it, like one way that one way pointing that way. And like Jen comes in and she's like, "Oh, you've been messing about the Hoover again, haven't you?" It's like we're hoovering. Honestly, that the one power blade four that Vax will give you the best lines ever. It w- honestly it will. It's brilliant. Right, let's talk about <laughs> this. Um, hard, have you got hard floors in your house? Yeah. You're like me, aren't you? All downstairs is hard floor. floor. All downstairs, yeah. yeah. Okay, so this is what you need. The one power glide, hard floor cleaner. Um, You know, in in these sort of times, we're all obsessed about how clean everything is and killing bacteria because of coronavirus. So this vacuums, washes, dries all at the same time. And if you use the Vax One Power solution, it'll kill 99.9% of bacteria. 
I mean, that's quite incredible, isn't it? There you go. Even the coronavirus. Well, I, no, no, I can't. That's I can't. T- no, no, we can't promise that. I, that is definitely not something I'm promising at all. No. Uh, up to thirty minutes of runtime on a single charge. Enough to clean your hard floors. You don't have to recharge that much. Suitable for cleaning seal wood floors, laminate, lino, vinyl, stone, and tiles. It's really lightweight. It's got an auto clean system as well. So once you finish washing your hard floors, the auto clean system rinses the machine mess free. That's handy. So it makes like cleaning as easy as possible. It's got twin tank technology, so only ever clean with fresh water. So what that means is it has a separate clean and dirty water tank. So there's no more. You know when you spread dirty water around the floors? There's none of that anymore. Really good. Are you ready for this, Al? I'm ready. It's got dirt tracker LED headlights. Yay! Disco, disco, Hoover. Oh, I can't say Hoover. Disco, disco, vacuum, vacuum. Disco, disco, vacuum, vacuum. (laughs) Classic. Oh, it's got a three-year guarantee, and it picks up everything. Okay, so this is what it's picked up so far in our household. So it hoovers up stuff. So it's it's wet. It's a wet. Oh, actually, actually, yeah. So it's done spag bol. It's done Cheerios, and it's done dirt. That's what it's done Mil- so far. Like milky Cheerios. Oh yeah, yeah. No, Luna literally sp- spilled a whole bowl of Cheerios. And get out of town. You can tell how cheap I am now. Malted wheats, not shreddies. <laughs> Ooh, I don't know. I don't think I'd compromise on my shreddies. Right, I'm I'm, I'm wrapping up now because I know I've gone on too long. Um, it literally it picks up everything. For trust me, go to the Vax website. There'll be a link in the description in the, in the uh, description. But the 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 Vax complete cleaning system. If you've got hard floors downstairs and you've got like we have carpet upstairs, you do not need anything else you don't need those expensive ones this is the one to use this is the one that we've got and i swear by it done there you go if you're, if you're in the market for an, an ultimate cleaning system that's the one for there you there it is there it is. There you go it's got headlights well, we, we, yeah <laughs> do, you know, do, you that, do you reckon that would work on like everything else do you think like <laughs> washing the dishes would become much more appealing if there was headlights on the tap <laughs> Let's do that. Let's do that. I want, uh, what else do I want headlights on? On my sideboard. I want headlights yeah. on my sideboard. Yeah, and a lawnmower. That's what we need. We need headlights on the lawnmower. I, well. bet, I bet you there are lawnmowers with headlights. Yeah, the ride on ones. I reckon they're I'm talking like, I need, I need like Flymo with headlights. That's why. Well, that could be, okay, so is, is summer gone or is it still here? I don't know. Well, it doesn't look like it's summer outside at the minute. No. Maybe, maybe, in, in fact, I will sort a lawnmower and I'll try and find one which has got headlights. There you go. Classic. Let us know if there's any uh, any household items that you would like us to attach headlights to, and uh, we'll see what we can do. <laughs> and also, let, let us know what you'd like us to review. If there's something that you're about to buy and you're not quite sure it, you know, which one to go for, um, let us know, because there's nothing better than I love than, than tech and researching. That's my favourite There you thing. go. He loves it. He I love loves it. it. If, if, if he's wondering what to do, oh yeah, do a bit of research, read some reviews. Yep. Classic. That's what. I'll there do. you go. Well, for more for more information on parenting, or if you've got something to share with us, you can go to dadsnet.com, uh, hit the um, dad podcast, and you might even end up on an episode of Don't Tell Your Mum. Are we done then? Also, don't forget to subscribe. Make sure you download the podcast at Global Player is where you can get it, and rate us. Very important raters. Are we only ratings they, lately? Uh, I haven't actually looked. I probably should. So you just can't be asked then. Yeah, we're asking people to rate us and you can't be asked to go and have a look. All right. If, if, if everybody listening right now leaves us a review, I will read them all by next week. How about that? There it is. He promised. There you go. There you go. You've been listening to the Don't Tell Your Mum podcast, the safe space for dads. 
Yeah, I don't know. Are we, are we going with that one, are we? Don't know. Don't know. I don't I'm just know. testing it. I'm just testing it out. I think this we week. should. I think let's let's test out different ones each week and then we'll we'll All find right. out which one we're we'll going see, for. See yeah. what sticks. All right. Yeah. Anyway, until okay. next time. Goodbye. <laughs> no, we're, that's, we're supposed to do that. Oh, never mind. <laughs> 